I'm Libby Fulton. And I'm Greg Greenfell. And, and we, we like the garden. To garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. So welcome everybody to episode 30. Stop. And this 30. episode, I know, almost as young as I feel. <laughs> I'm going to be 36 next week. Stop. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. I feel like I stopped mentally and emotionally developing at like age 26. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't feel the same, but. (laughs) I feel feel old. I feel old, but I feel like I'm about 31, 32. wizened. I was going to say like a wizened old witch. Oh, yes, that too. (laughs) yeah no i don't yeah it feels weird but anyway we're moving on from that thank you to everyone again who's left us reviews we've had a couple more pop up on the itunes and love to see it and it makes us feel so many warm fuzzy feelings and thank you so much for taking your time to do it it's yeah really appreciative for taking your time like to go out of your way yes blows us away amazing yeah, and thank you to everyone who's following us on Instagram. Um, you can find us at We Like to Garden and Facebook We Like to Garden as well. And we'll just get into the show. Ooh, exciting. Isn't it? So this week we are more of like a general chit-chat. Mm. It's not. Super formal. Yeah, because it's been a while. No, it's just like a couple of casual gals. I'm just so casual. Chit-chatting just like, about gardening. Just I mean, <laughs> just so casual and cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, because quite a lot has been going on in, well, particularly Libby's life, she has now moved I to have. the property. People must be sick of me banging on about it, but it's been a momentous occasion in my life. Like, I cannot describe. No, honestly, I'm so excited to see it. I know. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to come and just be also overwhelmed with how much there's to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got bloody years to get it done. I know, I know, but it's that mindset of like, I just want it all done now. I know. Um, you're talking to the queen of impatience. I know. I get I've, it. I've just got to. 100% get it. Just got to like take each piece as it comes, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll be talking about Libby's new garden and we'll be mm-hmm. talking about my garden plans because there's quite a bit happening over winter with our garden. And we're going to start off, though, with some autumn jobs that you sh- could or should or if you want to be getting on with. Because it, we yeah. had a discussion last week, wasn't it, about how busy life in the gar- like autumn garden is. Like, it's crazy. So busy. I would never have expected that when I was not a gardener, when I wasn't interested in gardening. Never would have thought that. No, you're just kind of like, oh, everything should be dying. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything. It's just like nature's death season. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. But actually, so busy. Yes. I reckon I am just as busy in autumn as I am in spring. Yeah, and I think as well, knowing that you have a, like a time frame of like you want to get these jobs done before it gets too cold in winter um, sort of mm. like pushes you to do more, if that makes sense. It definitely does. Yep. Keeps you on your toes, but also the idea of 
getting things into a clean slate so that the yep. possibilities of next season can be yes. brought to fruition. I actually, yes, I actually reckon that I like gardening at this time of year more. Mm. I'll enjoy the jobs more and I enjoy the, I was thinking about it the other day. First of all, I just love autumn anyway. I love the that air, like, yes, warm yes, sun, yes. crisp air, you know that I love this. Mm-hmm. This is my thing. But also the jobs themselves, there's a lot of planning involved. Mm. There's a That's lot you. of like, um, yeah, it's me. There's lots of cutting things back. I'm all about that life. <laughs> I, I love to get trigger happy with those loppers. Yes. <laughs> there's, yeah, and there's lots of thinking about what you want the garden to be next season and kind of making adjustments and moving things. I really like that side of gardening. Yeah, I was just thinking, as you said, described, you know, what you like about it, it's immediately seeing the big picture of what you've done so your actions you see your actions because you're cutting something back whereas in spring and summer you're waiting for things to grow and it's out of your control and you can't always envision how it's going to happen and you're putting these little seedlings in the ground and you're like have I given this enough room to grow into a big plant definitely not like and you've just got and I put these little (laughs) seedlings in the ground I'm like the dog's gonna stand on this (laughs) a goodbye (laughs) yeah it is yeah it's interesting but I do like it. I know, it's great. So we had a lot of conversation on Instagram about, Greer put a post up about leaf mould, and Mm. I've never done it. And I didn't even know it was a thing until Greer told me about it from Monty um, last year. Monty does it every year, yeah. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I know, it sounds gross. Leaf mould, they should call it it something else. But it's called leaf mold, and so you do this in autumn, and it takes a year for your efforts to pay off. But it is pretty low effort. You just have to have space for it, really, because you need a space to keep these leaves for a year. So if you've like in my garden, I could do it in some plastic bags, probably down the back in the veggie patch, maybe. Mm. I think I'm going to try and do at least one bin bag. Uh, But we just yeah. Other than in the back corner, I don't know where else we'd put it. But so you essentially gather up leaves. You can either put them in bin bags or we saw on from our comments on the Instagram post, uh, people would do them in wool sacks. But we'll come to that. And then otherwise you can make a bay out of old pallets. Uh, Monty uses chicken wire to make like a box. Right. Uh, anything that is going to let in water and air circulation. And then you just mm-hmm. leave it, leave, fill it up. If it's if you're putting it in a bin bag, you punch lots of holes in the bottom and probably the sides too, I'd say. And then you just literally leave it outside in the weather for a year. And then you've what? got this like amazing and then the, the product that comes from it is it looks like compost, but it's not. No. It's leaf mold. And what I find interesting from this is it's not broken down by bacteria but by fungi. No. Yeah, so it's different from compost Mm. and that. And so it still has – it's not as nutrient-rich as compost. So you wouldn't use it in the same way that you use – well, you do use it in the same way you use compost. You put it into your soil. (laughs) What do you use (laughs) for that? Essentially, it really helps with water retention in your soil and it helps with the soil structure. And because the worms love it, like your leaf mold will probably be full of worms when you go to 
take it out the next autumn and so you're putting all of that goodness back into the soil so uh it's just really great and so and yeah people either i think you just lay it on top of the dirt mm. and then you just let the worms kind of till it over that's am- over the winter it's amazing i often when i started reading about it from the post i thought of a conversation that we had with ros from um the food forest otakaro. Otakaro. Mm-hmm. and she talked about the importance of like soil structure, but one of the things was how fungi in our soil connects is like a connector between the pl- like a plant's roots, the soil system, all the bacteria. Yeah, the mycorrhizal is a fungi. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is. And so having that, so you're just adding more substance in, you know, into mm. your soil. Yeah. So it has to be good for it. And yeah, if you've got really uh, sandy soil. Mm. If it doesn't hold water very well, it's really good for that. Really good for that. Um, building that kind of water retention and getting some good soil back into your into your dirt. Honestly, yeah. And if you think about it, it's really just like a sped up nature's way. Like if you imagine in the yeah. wild, leaves would fall and just rot over the course of a couple of years and form that like bottom that top layer on the forest floor. Mm. So it's really just it's helping nature along a little bit and helping you be lazy because you don't have to do anything. Yeah, and to getting no, you just leave it for a year. Yeah, getting rid of those ugly leaves if you don't like them scattered in places where you don't want them to be. Exactly, and we got some really good tips from our Instagram comments from people that do it or have tried it in the past and things that worked for them and things that didn't. So I think the number one thing was. Uh, to mow over the larger leaves Mm, I saw that so if you're thinking yeah about I guess like chestnuts maples Mm. anything with like a big leaf uh you really want to mow over it because it will be hard for it to break down yeah big leaf like that over the course of a year Uh, and then if you live in a humid place like a place that gets a lot of rain you put them in the wool sacks instead uh, but it does not work in dry environments. We had um, one of our followers, Ali from Cross Hill. Cross Hill. Yeah. She said that she can't do it in central Otago. She used to do it where she used to live, but she can't do it in central. And then someone else said that they add blood and bone to the leaves, to the leaf mix for uh, extra benefits. And I don't know if, well, does it help it break down faster or does it just add goodness to I it? I don't know, but I'm assuming a bit of both. Because it'll add goodness yeah. and it's probably going to help break it down a bit more. Yeah. And I actually have some blood and bone in the bloody sheets. Mm. So that's actually perfect for me. Yeah. So that's something that is an autumn job to be getting on with. What about you, Libby? Um, so the other thing is if you've been super busy in um, planting your bulbs and things, like I was going to talk about the ranunculus. So I've said before that I've had zero success. <laughs> but I'm still giving it a go and so this year was different so instead of just soaking for 30 minutes I think and it's not enough so you can soak them in warm water for three to four hours now the here was the new tip that I tried this year that actually did sort out the duds from the the really overachievers that actually sprouted Mm -hmm. so you pre-sprout them in a flat tray with moist potty mix and cover with soil and then you leave yeah. them 
for two weeks in a cold space. I actually ended up putting them in my fridge, but they've been in and out because of shifting. So they've had a real journey and they're not ready. Does Peter open the fridge and he's like, why is there soil in our fridge? Honestly, and we had to give one of our fridges away because oh two fridges I love you <laughs> our carriage <laughs> if you saw the state of it <laughs> but, so I'm hoping they're still going to be fine it's actually been over two weeks for me but I feel like this part isn't going to be too bad that they start sprouting and some have but some haven't so that's how you find out which ones are obviously going to grow and I think before oh. now I've just put them straight from the bucket soaking into a pot or into the ground. Oh, this could be the making of your ninth. I know, a hundred percent. So, why are they so hard? Oh, so I've had another weed delve, and from this is a top tip from Eberdon Seeds and Bulbs, like up in Taranaki. They yeah. actually swell to twice the size and develop white roots after like once they're in the potty mix and yeah. then you can sow them in the ground with compost. And I haven't done that yet because I actually want to put them in the ground here. So I'm going to have to do that in the next like week or so. But they, she, her top tip was they really like to be babied. So I didn't know this. So even during the season in spring, when they what like got get up every two hours. Basically, it sounds <laughs> like it, she sprays them. <laughs> with like a like a spritz of like fertilizer and compost or something I don't know like must be the compost juice it sounds intense and so you're even putting compost in the ground when you plant them Mm. and I think I did a bowl fertilizer I just hung yeah they must be and over spring I think you have to constantly put like sea salt or like fish fertilizer and stuff when you're watering them in oh my god why I hope can be bothered, but I'm determined. We'll see what happens because I haven't. I was going to talk about this later. I haven't had like the big nosy around in the garden, and I don't think my. I think my soil is going to be really free draining, and I'm not used to oh, that. Okay. Like I've had quite yeah heavy soil, so um yeah, that's completely opposite to what mm, you've had. So I think it looks quite stony in places. Yeah, so I I think it will need a lot of love and care put into wherever. You need to start making compost. We just had this conversation because I don't have a green bin. This is country living, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my God, you don't have a green bin. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, you will have to make your own compost. Yeah, so I was like, perfect. I'll just be putting. That is perfect. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, I am looking forward to hearing how this turns out. Yeah, so if any of our listeners are doing ranunculars, um, this season tell me what you've been yes. doing and let's discuss in spring what actually worked and if you can get even a one percent strike rate because I didn't have that last year that would be great if we can get a real sense of what works and what doesn't if we'll update people mm. they sound like little bitches so they, to be honest they do I feel quite confident to say that I don't think I'll ever grow you them. say that now they sound way too, but when I they sound too hard. but when I put them in a vase one day okay <laughs> you're gonna be like really jealous <laughs> I'm going to be so jealous. <laughs> okay. okay. Moving along. Uh, my next top tip is plant garlic now. Oh. So, yeah, so I had always heard yeah. that you plant garlic on the shortest day, which is in, it's usually like around the 21st of June for us in New Zealand. But I saw a post from Flora Grow about planting early to avoid rust. And I know that a lot of garlic growers 
in Canterbury had massive rust problems. I think it wiped out, well, I know that it wiped out a lot of people's crops. I am shocked. And even when when I went to go and buy garlic from our local grocer mm. in Edgware, Crisp, great shop, shout out to Crisp, <laughs> not sponsored. Sponsor they, me, I would love a free green like smoothie. They are the best. I had gone there and they didn't have garlic and I asked her, I was like, am I just being blind? I asked mm. the woman and she said that they had no garlic and there was garlic shortages everywhere because it had been a really bad year for rust. And then I went to the Rickerton Market on Saturday and okay. I just, I feel bad for saying that. This guy, he is a garlic farmer. I ended up buying, like, what I did before I got talking you to You got him. overcompensated. Of clothes. I was going to say, you felt bad. Well, no, it was, like, not even the over... No, I bought the garlic before I, he started talking. But uh, So I bought garlic clothes from him to put in the grain because I was like, oh, yes, perfect, because I've seen a post about this to put in early to avoid rust. And he started telling me about how they lost 90% of their crop last <gasps> year. And it was like really sad. And he's like, yeah, so we're just trying to um, sell more. And he, but his just like his whole demeanor, like it was just a really uncomfortable conversation. I felt terrible for him. I see why you but, bought so much. Yeah. So, but so that is to avoid rust. And he said the same thing. They're planting their crop a lot earlier than they did last year to avoid rust. So that is a job to do now, get them in the ground now. So that's my other top tip for autumn great top tip my last one which is actually Greer's I haven't been doing too much of it lately is it's still got a chance to get in and divide up any perennials that you need to move Mm. or that have gotten too big and you just want to um like cut them back and break them up so Greer's top tip is yeah it's still pretty yeah get your spade have a wee have a wee dig around chop out any bits that need doing and um yeah good luck and it's free plants for yourself yeah free plants yeah and also it's a really good one to do if it's getting particularly like woody at the base lavender depending what it is yeah and uh, a a tip from i think i heard this when i went to that lock levin talk that um, lock levin garden that she said that perennials and herbaceous perennials they their best new growth Mm is always on the outside so when you're dividing something you can a lot of the time get rid of the middle completely and just take your new plants oh, from the outside of the um, root that pool. is a great because tip. yeah because that's if you think about it, they grow outwards like that so you're taking the freshest stuff if you're taking the outside stuff okay that is actually the best tip you've given all like i've always all my yeah. life <laughs> i've always <laughs> wondered about that Yes, so that's a a top tip. Mm. Now, Libby, what have you been up to in the garden? Oh, gosh, Greer, just flat tack, no, actually. Looking after my um, transplants and cuttings with the shift, some fared better than others, like they're fine, but a lot of my houseplants mainly didn't move so well. Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, both my maiden hair ferns dried out, but um, they'll they'll bounce back. I've given them a good haircut. They just don't like like any change. They no. probably didn't like leaving the house when the door opened, let alone the car ride. No. Too bumpy. I don't know. They've they're gone. <laughs> <Fussy bitches. laughs> they really are. And my <laughs> pink bubble plant also had been like my pride and joy it probably for house plant enthusiasts wouldn't have enjoyed like how long and it was more like a trailing 
plant by their like end of summer mm. it, had, it was so bushy and it was so long but I loved it it started mm. to dry because obviously it's just getting too too big I would say it's a good 50 centimeters 40 centimeter like long strands oh wow yeah, it was going gangbusters so I was stoked but yeah it's didn't like the shift have you ever put it on Pete's head as a wig <laughs> it actually looks like one and I feel like I would laugh <laughs> So <laughs> I now am envisioning it and I can't unsee it in my mind. <laughs> when we're finished recording, it's like, so Pete, I've got an idea. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Um, okay. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which because I haven't been up to much, but I did notice, so I've been at my parents over the weekend before we shifted in between. And I said to my mum, man, your trees look amazing this year. And then I've noticed it recently driving around. We went to the park down by my parents' place and just around the neighbourhood. And I noticed a lot of other people posting about like the trees in the gardens and everything. How good is the display this year? It's been a really good autumn. And I didn't, I was like, is it, why are some years better than other years? because I don't know, and mm. I feel like it's something you should know. And some years do you not find that the leaves just turn yellow really quickly? And then Yes, and I actually already did know why this yeah, was. Yeah, so I didn't know. And I always thought some years, like this year, there's literally vaccine, like purple, you know, reds, all the different shades of reds, like crimson. Mm. There's like a lot more orange. Like there's hardly any yellow around unless it's a specific tree that, you know, doesn't yeah. have any um, red and it's, pigment in it. but Yeah, and it's lasted for a good few yeah. weeks. So I didn't know this, so I just, like, did a quick Google. And then I remembered that I did this in first year or second year university. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> I was like, that education degree really, really went somewhere. Um, <laughs> so glad that you paid for that. So glad I paid for that. So three factors, because for people that are sort of, like why do the leaves change? Lack in sun, like decrease in amount of sunlight means less production of chlorophyll from photosynthesis. And so you're going to get the leaves start to fall and turn from green. If they have any other pigment, they might turn um, the red and will show up. But if not, they'll just, the yellow pigment will come out. And so three things that factor that one, which in Canterbury, we've had all three things. That's why it's been so good. So Mm -hmm. one is the fact that we have had really sunny days this autumn and really cold nights. And that means that the leaf vein has had a, is narrowed, which slows down the decrease of sugars out of the leaves. So you get all that red pigment stays in there for much longer. And that's when you see Mm -hmm. all those like color graduations because sometimes you don't see yeah, all, all yeah, of that yeah. the soil moisture so we had a lot of rain over spring and summer and so if you've got a seat like continual soil moisture throughout of a good quality like throughout um the year it means that the trees are less stressed and so they hold on to their leaves for longer because when they're stressed they'll just lose them way quicker so mm. if you have a hot autumn or like a drought in summer they definitely, they will 
let go of their leaves and so they'll just turn yellow really quickly and you often see that like I feel like not this autumn but the autumn before they just like went yellow and then they just go brown within a week and you can almost see it because I did notice it last autumn in Christchurch that it did this you can see before autumn at the end of summer it was a really dry Mm -hmm. summer and at the end of summer you look at the trees and they look really shriveled and dry like the leaves don't look plump and healthy and you can see that it's like poised to just to go for it and autumn lasted for about two weeks and it was just like they were gone I know (laughs) and I feel like this this year it's gone on and on like the whole of April like we're in May and there's Mm. so many beautiful trees and so the the last thing is no wind we haven't had like horrendous southerlies or nor'westers um here in Canterbury so I don't know what down in Otago has been like this year or else in the country, but I wonder if they've got like because is it Aratown's meant to have amazing displays? You've been there, it is amazing down there. They have a whole autumn festival because that whole hillside mountain range up behind Aratown mm. that's quite close, just on the other side of the Aratown River. It's like so beautiful, so beautiful. Like, yeah, I've always wanted to go ever since you've like talked about it because that's another big mm. ticket I feel like you've always talked about is going to see. Um, in the states, eh? In yeah, that's a dream trip. Yeah, to do the east coast in autumn. Because as you guys are probably understanding by now, I am obsessed <laughs> with any <laughs> like why. Why am I so obsessed with the season? Like it's a weird thing to be obsessed with. I feel like it just matches your whole witchy vibes. Like oh, I've just always loved it so she much. She really has. When I lived in Queenstown, I reckon that was just like the height. Oh, the cherry on the bloody top. Let me tell oh. you, they really do autumn well down in Central. And it's not until you see a good autumn like we've had that you're like, that's mm. what I remember driving around and seeing yep. things lo- looking like mm. that. And it's the warm days and the cool, fresh nights, the fresh mornings, but like the warm afternoons. Like it's just Mm-mm. chef's kiss. I'm doing the chef's kiss, guys. <laughs> makes me so I happy. Know. So, um, yeah, that's just my musings on I've been loving that recently. Yes, and I love that you can bring your science background oh, yes. to give us some info. Uh, Dr. Libby. Dr. Libby. <laughs> Um, okay, Greer, tell us. She's been very busy and I can't oh wait to see Whoa. your TP, which you're going to talk about next. Yeah, so I think there's a lot on my list of what I've done, but I think it's because last week's episode was a, last mm-hmm. episode was a special episode, so really it's been like a month. It has, but yeah. Yeah, so I think that's why my list is so long, but... I did plant my sweet peas. I think mm-hmm. I had talked about that on the previous episode, um, like Monty does with three in a pot. So I think that the 12 centimetre pots, I'm pretty sure we talked about yes. sizes. So 12 centimetre pots, planted three in and they all look pretty good. I think there might be a couple that haven't germinated, but uh, on the whole, really good success rate. And then I'm going to build two garden obelisks. Mm-hmm. Bunnings has a really good little like how-to video mm-hmm on how to build them and they give you on the Bunnings website I don't typically I'm usually I'm more I was gonna say over uh, Bunnings so this is very controversial of me I think I just have beef with Bunnings Shirley in Christchurch (laughs) which is my closest one I don't know I think I have beef because the garden center is terrible there it is really bad you never know what you're gonna get yeah so I've written off the whole of the store (laughs) 
<laughs> just the corporation <laughs> as a whole. She just she doesn't get like that is a shit. <laughs> oh, my attempts way better. <laughs> but no, so I will be going to Bunnings. Uh, they have and the, so the how to video is really handy, and then they give you the exact products on the page oh, that you need to buy from them with links to them on their website. It's so handy. And do you know on the Bunnings website? This is how newbie I am at Bunnings. On the Bunnings website, you click on a product and it tells you, you click your store that you want to buy it from, it tells you what aisle they're in and what bay they're in. Yes, I did know this. I find it so handy. This is amazing. Because other, this is life-changing Yeah, because otherwise you walk in and you're like, where do I go? Uh, uh. I don't even know what things are called. Like, I'll be looking for screws and I'm like, is this hardware? Is this a fitting? I don't know what things, what categories things live in. And Mitotene and Bunnings sometimes class them like indifferent. Like, you know, different hardware stores. Oh, yeah. Not interested. Yeah. So anyway, these obelisks, obelisks are made of garden steaks. And so you just need to buy these packs of these garden steaks. I think the whole thing with the screws is maybe around $45 for one obelisk. Well, I'm going to make two. And you can reuse them each They'll yeah. be in the garden. Well, they'll be in the garden forever because I'm going right. to paint them so they don't rot down. So they're untreated wood. So if you want to stick them in the ground, mm-hmm. like um, anchor them in the ground a little bit, you would have to paint them so they don't rot down because otherwise they will, like garden stakes, they just Yeah, rot. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, but so Top I will be tip. painting them so they're kind of permanent mm-hmm. structures. And I think they're about 1.8 high maybe. I've put the link, I will put the link to the page on the Bunnings website in the show notes. So scroll down and you'll be able to see the page. And they look great. They look like professional obelisks. I can't wait and to I see. Reckon they look, I know, I reckon they look so easy that I think I can even do it myself from where to go if Jack just sets the drill bit up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was waiting to hear if it was going to be yourself. I've got high hopes for you yeah. with this. Yeah, I'm excited and I'm going to paint them. I think I'm going to paint them white just for like that fresh look. And because I think in winter they will add almost like a sculptural. I was just that. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll add some kind of interest to the winter garden because if you have a flower garden, you know that in winter it looks pretty dud. Because I always think of obelisks as like a big dome at the top as well. Yes, so most of them do have domes, but uh, that's beyond my carpentry skills. <laughs> So I won't be having no because that involves like geometry, not even trigonometry, Greer. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start. Wouldn't even know. So yeah, so I'm very excited about that. And if people want to build them too, then they totally should and send us photos because I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm going to do it in the next few weeks. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see it. Yeah, you can do them too. Oh, I just add it to my list. uh so i planted what i could from odorings easter sale are you gonna did you plant them in the ground most of them i did yeah so i had i got a plumbago plumbago plumbago. i don't know what that is i had never heard of it either (laughs) and i wanted it because it had really beautiful flowers a really dusky blue like a baby dusky blue like really really beautiful And I didn't. I thought it was a climber when it I bought it. It sounds like I a Googled, like a climber. That's I know, what I was imagining. Then I googled it when I got home, and it is a shrub. But the one that I bought is just one long stem with like a little side stem. So I just assumed it was a climber. But apparently, it's a shrub, which I'm more happy about actually. Mm. So I planted that. I got a lilac 
delphinium, which I planted, two apricot foxgloves, and a double white hellebore. So I planted all of those. Can you spell? Plumbago. It's P-L-U-M-B-A-G-O. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at images of it, if anyone wants to go on Pinterest, and they've got it as a massive hedge. Yeah. It's dreamy. So just I had I, it's really hard to find that shit particular shade of blue, mm. the one that mm. I got. It's just I love it. There's something about it that I just it's find almost so like a forget me not but duskier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So yeah, apparently it grows up to two meters. So that's what I'm aiming to do. I want it to grow at above the fence height to block out the neighbours. <laughs> so uh the other thing I I have done with the, the plants that I am not sure where is going, where is going, where they are going to go, <laughs> because I remember, did I just have a stroke? <laughs> I thought I was bad sometimes, but I was like, oh, crack me up. Oh my God. Fine, I feel. Okay. <laughs> so. Because we're making some changes to the garden, which I'm going to talk about later, I'm not quite sure right. where things, yeah. other things are going to go. So I got two campanulas. I got a white one and a blue one that I think are going to look really – do you see I go crazy with the blues? Mm. I just love them. So I potted them up into bigger pots, and I've just put them in the veggie beds so they're safe from the dog, and they're going to winter there. They're going to be – they're looking all – happy is and then I got a lilac and white penstemon so I have a white yeah, penstemon which I have divided mm. which is like a real star of the garden it's just like such a good mm. doer flowers from like October to May it's so good and then I also have a burgundy penstemon love- and now I have this one that's kind of lilac and white I think it's lilac in the center and then white around the outside of the little bell-shaped flowers I love your purple so, pentiment I mean your burgundy one is yeah gorgeous. so beautiful so I potted up heaps of self-seeded amimagus because one of the flower heads must have drooped over into an empty pot that had old soil in it and so that winning pot was winning winning full of seedlings I was like, this is perfect. So I just picked up the pot, took it over to the potting table, and I potted up. I think I potted up about 30 of them. Stop. So they that is amazing. Good, I know. Yeah, and the book, obviously a really good self-seeder as well. And, like, just droop it over a pot and you'll be bloody good to go next autumn. <laughs> I was so stoked. That is, like, actual, like, the garden fairy has visited you. And, like, I know. And they're all really healthy. And, uh, yeah, I even had to throw some away because I was like, this is too many for my small garden. <laughs> And then I potted up my amazing grey poppies. Do you remember yes. I told you about these? So I had a packet of seeds and I got I put them in a seed tray. They've been in a seed tray for several weeks, I would say at least a couple of months, and they're still baby little plants. But I got seven plants out of them. I think seven or nine plants out of them. So I've potted them into bigger pots just because I'm not sure with the garden configuration where they're going to go but I am really looking to nurture them because I think they're going to be amazing I've read a lot about mm-hmm. them lots of people rave about them that are dove gray oh, sold me multi kind mm-hmm. of like doubles and really like but they have lots of variation in their colors also in one flower it could be a really dark stormy gray and then other parts of the petal will be like a dove gray like it just looks so beautiful. So I really want them to work so that I can save seed for them. Up for next, next time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm getting to mm. the end. I lifted all my dahlias, put them into boxes with wood shavings and packed them away for the winter because the dahlia bed will no longer exist in its current state because we're going to be putting that outdoor living there. Okay, right. I see. So, yeah, you looked like you were, like someone had died. <laughs> I was <laughs> just like. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen Lily's face. She was like genuinely shook. I really am because her <laughs> dahlia bed is like, amazing i love it it's it's a been probably one of actually all your gardens great but it's been a good performer from the very get-go oh so good i would recommend anyone plant dahlias on mass. yeah it's like not just put them like um in random places in the border but create a border just for dahlias 100%. because it gives it's so effective i love it but i will still have some kind of dahlia border but just not where it is so i've lifted them and can i and... just interrupt to ask wood chips didn't know this so Yes, so I put them in wood shavings. Uh, you can use sawdust, newspaper. Oh, they t- oh, right, yes, when you buy them in the packet, they have like a sawdusty. Yeah, they always have sawdust, yeah. And then I got the boxes from free from Bunnings. Like I remember your top yeah. tip. You've so, always got to get those free boxes. Always. So even though I'm not a Bunnings girl, <laughs> it was the closest one that I home. <laughs> So, uh, okay, two more things. I divided my gaura and put it into three plants. Cool. So uh, really pumped about that. It was so mm. big this year, so it's really ready for it. It was such a thick knot of roots. I literally just got my spade in there, and I slammed my spade into it, like just cut it. How satisfying. So, yeah, it was satisfying. My shoulder was quite sore afterwards, <laughs> but... <laughs> This is the life of just a fitness guru, you know. <laughs> Follow us uh, for more and tips. <laughs> and I've been talking for so long. Keep going. Sorry, I'm here for guys. it. <laughs> Literally so long. So moving on from my chat, Libby, what are your plans for your garden? Oh. We're, all, we're all dying to know. <laughs> like me too. <laughs> I short term We've, I think I just need to stay on top of the plants that I have got, where I'm going to put them. I've got to put a lot of them in around the house and I've got a lot of hedging that I want to get started on because I'm going to buy small hedging plants because I'm going to need so many and I've got time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't have enough nearly. So that's my first priority. And I need to inspect my garden because I actually haven't done this because we've literally shifted in this week. I haven't done the full, I've done a walk around with the kids, but not properly. And I really need to, because there's actually heaps more plants than I thought. Like, but, oh, that's so yeah, cool. but because it's so big, it just seems like there's not many. And there's some trees and things. One of them I didn't even know what it was, but I think it's a type of silk tree, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure. So I need to find that out. I need to make a plan. So Gray and I have discussed this because she's just done the most amazing garden plan, which you're going to talk about. So I want to do an overall plan at this stage of what I think I'm going to designate areas to and then break down those smaller areas into what they're going to look like and just go from there. Yeah, and long term over this winter, I just need to get um, trim a lot of the existing bushes and shrubs because there's a quite a few that I think could be if I took the tops off that'll start branching out um, to make the hedge mm, yeah and I think it's 
That's a good tip to everyone. If you copper something, take the top off it. It promotes side mm. shoots. So the plant is going to get bushier, which is really good if you're trying to build it. Which I, I would like to do in a few places. I don't know. I think this might be leaving a little bit late because I know you can do that in autumn. But I, And I, I guess some of it is evergreen, so I, I assume this winter. I mean, it's not going to grow bush out much, but it won't hurt it. It's not going to kill it mm. anyway. So I've got a lot of that to go. And my first actual piece of garden bed that I want to work around is there's like a path out to a washing line and I want to put in something pretty alongside it. So there's nothing better yeah. than, you know, not just seeing like a manky old washing line. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it look pretty and around it I'm going to put at the end of it into a kitchen garden. And so I want to put in a couple of uh, beds I've got some railway sleepers and stuff that I'm going to do with that and how I'm going to finish it off and how that will open out into a veggie garden at the end is what I'm envisaging. So that's my first plan, which seems okay when I say it, but actually makes me feel overwhelmed with how much more I've got to go. So, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting yeah. Though, to have like a, life, a lifetime project. I know, I really do, so. And do you know what I was just thinking when you were saying you want to plant some pretty things out to the washing mm. line? Do you know what would be perfect just as a wee pathway down there? It's just the, the like some defs. I know. Just some cheap defs because you'll be hanging the washing out as spring's coming in, the days are getting warmer, it's starting to hang stuff on the line again. And how nice just to see their cherry little heads as you're doing it. That. Honestly, that's such a great idea. I'm, I'm here for it. I actually haven't got any, so I will have to go and get some more. That was one thing yeah. I didn't have. Sounds cute. Sounds cute. So, well, a lot. You've got, yeah, it's a lot, but it is exciting. Mm, yeah. And I think once you get your head around it, once you make that plan, you'll be filled with like just fizz. Mm. You'll be, you'll just be so good to I go. I hope so. So, but I feel like you're going to be overwhelmed when you come out. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's not my garden. <laughs> I don't think I will be. <laughs> Yes, except when you get a garden twice the size, then you'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you get your little farmlet. And I think that getting the kitchen garden in is just like getting the area done. Yeah, functional. Seems like a great first yes, step. Because yep. I want to be able to do that with the kids. It's fun stuff this um, spring mm. and summer. So I want to have that all sorted, ready to go. And it's, mm. I, I think eventually, like I would like a beautiful raised garden, but realistically getting that all done mm. with time and materials for the space that I've got I'm just so yeah expensive. so I'm just going to work with what I've got mm. um for free yeah. yeah well do you want me to share my design tips that I've yes made recently? this is what I'm here for okay so I'm the, in the weekend I spent several hours watching YouTube on the TV garden design videos <sighs> because I wanted to do a garden plan I love this and Honestly, I feel like I learned so much. There are just experts out there that just want to share their knowledge, and it's just the best. Who, who so, was the best? Oh, tell, me. tell me. Can you put in the show notes for everyone? Because I'm here for it. Yes, I'll put, the, I'll put the videos that I found the most helpful. There was one from a YouTube page called The Middle-Sized Garden. I think I've talked about mm. her before. She's this British lady. She's older, and she just has these kind of 15-minute videos, and she does all kinds of topics, and they're always really like straight to the point, 
uh, really interesting. She talks to really interesting mm. people, like head gardeners and design, like these designers. Um, yeah, that was really good. And then there was this woman in New Jersey. Typically, don't love American videos. <laughs> I feel like their style okay. of gardening yeah, I know, but is so different, right? Yeah. Like the the way that they their gardening and how their gardens look is so different to the way that I would have Do you, my Would you look. describe it as a 1980s house? Yes. Thank you. A hundred percent. I never couldn't even, you've put the words in yeah. my mouth. I often think. Really interesting, mm-hmm. eh? But, yeah, really weird. And I find it bizarre and wrong, quite frankly. Sorry, oh. Americans who are listening because there are some. <laughs> but I find it crazy okay. that they don't fence their boundaries. Okay, yes. I've often. Is that not in the most insane thing? So your neighbour can just like, <laughs> like be in your yard? <laughs> How does that work? Maybe they were, I thought Kiwis were friendly, but maybe we're not as friendly as Americans. I just, why don't people do it? Maybe they've got covenants or, you know, it's illegal to put up your own fence. No, can't be. Can't be. Surely not. Can't tell me not to put up a fence around my own property. I just think that's insane, and I've never trusted it. <laughs> I think it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, what if you've got having a barbecue and they just some yeah, and they just yeah. yeah. Some people do. Some people have fences, but a lot of them yeah, don't. Yeah, a you lot see. don't. And, and I think of like the say our neighbours' kids. They're constantly playing in their backyard. Imagine if we essentially shared a backyard. <laughs> that would be so annoying. Oh, because if uh, if it was me as a kid in this situation i would be running amok through the whole neighborhood you could go for miles I'd just be like playing your parents would give no I would just idea be and seek, you name it just like out doing my thing writing in my journals or something just like under the <laughs> nerd reading my book right, going, yeah, pretending i was anna green gables under someone's tree like <laughs> sounds cute <laughs> i would have liked to have seen that <laughs> uh really digressed but Sorry, Americans. I know that we do have some American listeners, which is also shocking. Maybe, <laughs> but we do like. Maybe you, it's just I find your lack of fences, like quite frankly, a human rights violation. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got bigger issues with the um, abortion laws, but that's another topic. Oh my god! Yeah, let's not no. get started on that. Um. Anyway, I found this woman in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. She's actually Russian, but she lives in New Jersey, and she has a design company, and she had some really great beginner videos. So here we go. Make a list of all the things that are important to you in the Mm -hmm. garden. So write down, do you have kids you want a massive space for them to play? Like, is a big lawn important to you? Do you love entertaining? Is it really important to you that the flow coming from inside your house to the outdoor living area is really important to you? Uh, Do you want to be as sustainable as possible? Do you want to dedicate a large area of your section to growing your own vegetables? Uh, Do you just like to relax in the garden? You don't like to do too much work. Um, Yeah, so you just do a list of all the things, why the garden is important to you, what Mm -hmm elements do you want in your garden and then you kind of go from there so with everything you keep that list in mind and then this design tip I got from I can't remember their company and and this was from the middle-sized garden that says this is to think laterally in your hard landscaping and your garden bed designs Mm -hmm. so instead of you never want to draw the eye up and down Mm -hmm. 
if you're looking at, you want things to go across your line of sight. Wow. Like horizontally across your line of sight to break up the space. And it gives the illusion of way more depth than if you were just staring up and down. That's a really life-changing tip you've just said. Is that not amazing? Because I would, and I've taken this into my own garden plan, and I reckon it's changed the whole vibe of the garden by just doing a couple of things that they said. And I'm really excited to get going on it. But yeah, that was amazing, just breaking up the space. And because when you are planting things across your line of sight, like planting laterally, you are breaking up the space, you're creating mystery. So what's around this bed? So your eye is constantly traveling around things. So it makes the space feel more interesting. That is a phenomenal tip. So so instead, instead of wondering about, like you can deal with depth later on, but so what I'm assuming you're saying is if you're designing your garden to that you're focusing on the horizontal of how you're going to view mm-hmm. and then you can work out mm-hmm. how it's displayed in the depth or if you do or don't, what you're mm. going to do. That is a great tip because I've never thought of it. Yeah. Mm. She also said that they never center anything in their garden designs. So unless you are going for that really specific symmetrical look, Mm. they do planting off center. So they do their garden beds. Looks more natural. They'd have a garden bed. Yes, it looks more natural. And it, again, makes it look more interesting. Your eye is drawn to different places. Right. Whereas some, if something's really symmetrical and really centered, uh, your eyes, you'll kind of like, your eyes will be lazy about it because you kind of know what to expect when you're looking at it because it's all so centered and symmetrical. Whereas if things are off center and slightly less symmetrical, then your brain kind of has to work a little bit harder to figure out what's going on, which means it's more interesting for you to look at. And this explains like when you try and do a really formal garden design, unless you have used maths to work it out and done a proper method, it never actually looks formal. Yeah. It it, it annoys you because you don't get it right you don't get it right yeah much easier to try and to not try and do that and just yeah be I'm, I'm <laughs> much easier okay that is a great tip. yeah yeah so and then another one that they had was plant close to the house so you have things to look at and this is something that blew my mind because in my mind the garden is like the back door opens up and then the beds are all around mm. the edge of the back garden and the middle is empty. Yeah. And they said plant close to the house because you, uh, you'll you have things to look at, first of all, when you're inside. And then second of all, it breaks up the space even more. So you have that planting close to the house. You can see just beyond it. But when someone, say, someone comes to your house, they're looking at that planting. It looks really nice. They can see just beyond it and it creates that kind of intrigue. They want to go out there and see what's yeah. around that planting. Oh my god, these are like no. These women were amazing. I feel um, like I need to okay, be taking so, notes. Honestly, I'm. I'll, oh. well, I'll put the um. I'll put these videos in the show notes because they were amazing. Uh, something that I didn't see on these videos, but I have heard before, which made sense to me, was um, less is more in terms of what materials you do your hard landscaping yes. in. So you want like an absolute maximum of three different material types. Which I th- obviously do what you want, but it will just look a lot more cohesive. It will look a lot more on purpose, mm-hmm. the less materials you're using. Yep. Yeah. So use like one type of garden edging, one type mm-hmm. of path material. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. 
Mm, yeah. And then also, so if you have a large property, this is what these design women mm. said, is if you have a large property, it's, you can work in smaller chunks, but they their job as designers is to see the vision for the space as a whole entity which a lot of home gardeners can lose sight of when they're working on their own projects. Oh, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to me. So have that whole vision. Do your smaller work, but always keep in mind when picture. you're doing those smaller bits, have your, have the big picture in your mind so that it's always going to be cohesive. Okay, that's just reiterated, like, basically that I need to get stuck in on my overall garden plan because – yeah. Uh, what I know that I wanted to do, that's all well and good. But if I'm not going to make it flow and look mm. like it's meant to be there rather than, as you say, like a junkie garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which would be, a, some people like them, but I don't want to have that junkie garden look, if that makes sense. And I yeah. re- have yeah. always really struggled with that. Well, it's like building a house. You don't build a house a room at no, a time. No, no. Like, okay. Yeah. No, you have the plans drawn mm-hmm. up first. <laughs> Yeah, so those are my top tips. And uh, I reckon they're winners. They really, when I was hearing them, I was like an eager student. I was like, this is. This makes sense. So, from that, can I ask you so, what, when you've envisioned, I've seen Greer's plane and it looks amazing, but obviously you can see more detail because you know what each of the circles and squares and stuff represents. And I could kind of make it out. But when you look at yours, I got from the main envision that it's a cottage garden. It, was Always, that what yeah. you stuck with the whole time or did you have you got another vision yeah. long-term vision for it no no I think it is always going to be a cottage it always was mm-hmm. going to be and always will be a cottage garden my house is a cottage for listeners who haven't been to my house it's like a little old like what do they call them workers mm-hmm. cottages and I think that a cottage garden first of all fits my personal style quite well I love that like cottage core cool lifestyle yes. And second of all, I think it suits the house. 100% it does. I just wondered when I saw, because I loved how you have, you've designated um, from what you don't have to what you're going to now include, which was a garden bed closer to the house. I saw that. Yes, yes, laterally going across yes, the going space. Yes, going across the page. And I thought, wow, that's yeah. different because you don't have that. And I thought, what a great idea. Um, do you know what you're planning to put in there? No, I don't know what I'm going to plan on putting Because that's in there. quite a... Um, Prominent I would, being yeah. close to the house, so it's of importance, but also yes. it will be the key thing that will tie the whole garden space yeah. together, won't it? So it is really yeah, important. Yeah, it will. It is really important. And I don't want I don't want herbaceous plants mm-hmm. in that bed because it is so close to the house that it's where the dining table will look out mm-hmm. of. And so I want to be able to look at a plant all mm-hmm. winter. I don't want anything that's going to die back completely. And that was a... T- there will be a yeah. that was a top tip that um we had from Margaret as well when she had roses yes, out yeah. from her um house windows and then she was just like I only see them for a few months of the year so what was the point yes mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I feel like I've been talking so much this episode everyone's like all the Libby fans are gonna be like <laughs> shut up <bitch."> my mum <laughs> about it. <laughs> I'm here oh, yeah. for it. I've, I think we've got a lot more to discuss as we grow as gardeners on garden design. Yeah, it's oh, so interesting. And it's so worth 
really taking the time to think mm-hmm. about it. Oh, another thing that I didn't mention was this um, Russian woman from New Jersey. <laughs> she, on her garden plans, she uh, highlights in yellow the areas where the sun is in the garden, which I thought was really good. So she plots the sun path. She, like, yeah. you know, plots out north and all that kind of all south for them and then just highlights. And then so she just does lines mm-hmm. where there's sun in an area and if it's a really sunny spot she then cross hatches those lines with more lines so it's like boom much sunny and so does she do that before she just designates plants to those areas yes. i'm with you yeah and um living areas and stuff like that like outdoor living areas yeah, and that. that makes sense mm. oh, a lot of um instead of food for thought but it can be flowers for thought <laughs> thanks <laughs> Oh, yeah. Stuff. So yeah, well, that I guess brings us to the end of another fantastic episode, Greer. Ah, wasn't it just? Mm. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that whole thing. It was probably going to be a real long one. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.